welcome to the quest. Thank you guys for being with us today. Always good to have you with us, especially if you're checking us out. If you are checking us out, we encourage you to scan this QR code. That QR code will open up a link. That link will help answer some questions about who we are and our vision and our passions and all those kinds of things. What it does is it helps us connect better. We also want to remind you that this talk is available in podcast form. All you have to do is search for Esno Quest Church on the podcast platforms and you'll find us there. Listen, before we get going, how about if we open up with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and just thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together, even though it's virtually, even though we are miles apart. Father, your spirit unites us in heart. Your spirit brings us together in unity. Your spirit brings us together in love. Father, today we just surrender ourselves to you. We ask that you would speak to our hearts today. And Father, that you would quiet fears. Father, that you would quiet the anxiety of our lives and fill us with faith. Allow the faith that you give us, allow the faith that we have to permit us to walk with you in obedience, that would permit us to live a life that's pleasing to you. And Father, we just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in a series entitled Trivial Pursuits. And if we're not careful, our lives can be a pursuit of endless trivial things. Constantly looking for something that's going to fill our lives. Constantly looking for things like happiness, approval, being good enough, being popular, having money, looking for the easy life. It's a longing for something that is always out of reach and never fully attained in our lives. I want to give you two points that we have mentioned each and every week. They're important points and they set up this series and they talk about our pursuits. And the first one is this. The pursuits of our lives expose the void in our lives. The reason for our pursuits is something within us is missing, it's unsatisfied, and it's lacking. And our pursuits in our life expose the needs in our life. We pursue what we believe is going to fill the needs in our life. And here's another point that sets this up, and that's this. Spiritual needs are not satisfied by temporary things. Our internal needs can't be satisfied by external things. It can temporarily affect them, but it cannot satisfy them. The internal void cannot be satisfied by things that don't last. The deep longings of our lives, the deep longings of our lives have to be satisfied by the creator of our lives. It is so easy to get caught up in pursuing this life that we want. And at the same time, miss the life that God has for us. It's like I said last week, we would rather live a self-designed life than a God-defined life. We try to make this life our best life when it was never designed to be our best life. We have to remember that we are citizens of heaven, that God has put within us a longing for heaven. But that longing for heaven can't be satisfied here on earth. This is not our home. So another point you want to write down is this. When our pursuits in life are the things in life, we'll never have enough. When we're pursuing stuff and things in a consumeristic culture that we live in, we'll never have enough. We'll never be satisfied. And that's what we're talking about today. Something that I know is going to hit every single one of us in some way. We're talking about the pursuit of money and stuff. This to me is a tough one because if we're honest, most of us wouldn't mind being just a little bit richer, right? It's not that we want to be rich, necessarily, but we wouldn't mind being just a little bit richer. Gallup did a poll and they interviewed people and they asked, how much money do you need to feel rich? When is it that you cross that line? When is it that you arrive and you actually feel rich? And what they found, the consensus was, is that if people could double their salary or if they could double their current income, they would feel rich. So in other words, a person that makes $30,000 would be happy with $60,000 or $65,000. 
The person that's making $50,000 would feel rich if they're making $100,000. People that were making six figures, they said you needed to make $5 million before they would feel rich. And what all of these people were actually saying is what the Bible says, and it says that this in Ecclesiastes. Whoever loves money never has enough, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Being rich is a moving line. We're never satisfied. How much do we need to feel rich? Just a little bit more, right? And here's a problem I see. It doesn't matter what our income is. We'll never feel rich. We'll always have a mentality of being poor when we spend all that we have. We'll never feel rich if we are people that spend everything that we have. And the truth is, most people increase their spending as their income increases. So they are perpetually poor. They're constantly spending everything that they have. And the reason that we spend everything is because we want everything. And Jesus addressed this. He said this, he said, take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Don't allow the smallest amount of greed into your life because it'll take over your life. And here's an important point that you want to write down. When it comes to pursuing money and it comes to pursuing stuff, it's not wrong to have things. It's wrong for things to have us. See, Jesus understood how greed and our desire for things can easily take over our lives. That's why in the gospel, two-thirds of the parables that Jesus talked about dealt with money and possessions. One out of 10 verses directly deal with money. And 2,300 verses in the Bible deal with money. That's five times more scriptures than speak about prayer or faith. So Jesus understood that this is an important subject that needs to be dealt with in our lives. And I think it's important that we allow Jesus to deal with that in our lives. The scripture that I just read a little while ago leads us into a powerful story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 12. So Jesus tells this story about a farmer who has a bumper year crop. He has so much grain that comes in. His crop is so great that it fills every barn that he has. It's a great problem to have. So the farmer asked himself in Jesus' story, what am I going to do? I've got all this income. I've got all this grain coming in. What's the plan? And then he answers his own questions. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns that I currently have and I'll build bigger barns. And then I'll retire early. I'll take life easy and I'll throw a lot of parties. Sounds like the American dream. There's a couple of things out of this story that I want to point out that I think are really important. And the first one is this. We tend to measure our worth by our wealth. Your worth is defined by God, not wealth. When you allow wealth to define your worth, you're buying into the world system, not God's system. Jesus said this, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. So if you buy into the world system, you'll always be pursuing money and things because it's tied to your worth. Here's another thing we find in this story that Jesus tells, and that's this. Pursuing the American dream is not the goal in life. I don't want to elaborate too much on this because we talked about it last week. But the easy life becomes our goal in life. In Jesus' story, he tells it this way. The farmer says this. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. See, remember, the easy life is a self-absorbed life. It's a self-designed life. And it requires no faith. Jesus didn't call us to the American dream. The American dream is not our goal in life. Here's another thing we see out of the story, and that's this. You can't be right with God and wrong about money. I know that this statement sounds really harsh, but you can't be led by God and love God 
and also be led by money and love money. I want you to hear what God says to this man. It's found in the next two verses, and it says, But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Who then will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. I'm not saying that God doesn't love this man. He does love this man. In fact, he's the one who blessed this man. God wasn't mad at this farmer for being rich. God was the one who made him rich. God blessed him with wealth, but God was disappointed in this guy because he was not rich towards God. He was only rich towards himself. And with that in mind, I want to tell you some good news and some bad news. And first of all, we'll start with the good news, and it's this. The good news is you are rich. And most of you probably don't believe me because you don't feel rich. It kind of goes back to that poll. How much do you need? Well, a little bit more than what you have, so you don't feel rich. You may not feel rich because you have more bills than income coming in currently, but you are rich. Maybe this will help you understand how rich you are if you just get a little bit of perspective on this. There are probably 3 billion people in this world today that live off of $2 or less a day. Some of you spent $5 on coffee today. Based on where most people live in the world, we are very, very rich. In fact, you can also tell how rich we are by the things that upset us. For instance, maybe your Amazon order came in three days late when you have Prime and you're supposed to come the very next day and you're mad. Or maybe your DoorDash order was cold when it arrived. Or maybe last night you couldn't get Netflix to connect with your Wi-Fi. These are first world problems, right? If you step back and think about this, when you get hungry, you have something to eat. Most people in the world don't. When you want to go somewhere, you get in your car and drive. That puts you in the top 15% of wealthy people because you own a car. The good news is that I'm trying to get you to understand is you are rich. God has blessed you. Listen, I also understand that there are people that are going through difficult times that you might be watching this going through a tight season, maybe financially, or you've got medical bills, or you're going through a difficult time in your life. And I'm not minimizing that. But for the most part, we are a wealthy people, a rich people, and a blessed people by God. And because God is the one who has blessed us and made us rich, we want to be rich towards God in a way that honors God, right? We need to acknowledge that God is the one who has blessed us. Listen to this verse. Moreover, when God gives somebody wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, this is a gift from God. Your life is full of God's gifts. The good news is you are rich and you are blessed. Well, listen, I told you I had good news and bad news. So the bad news is this. You are rich. I'm not trying to be funny. It is also bad news. Being rich actually puts us in a very real spiritual disadvantage. You might remember Jesus had a conversation with this young, rich ruler. He had a lot of money and a lot of stuff. And both of those things were really important to him. In fact, they were so important that those things kept them from becoming a disciple of Jesus. They kept him from following Jesus. And Jesus says to this rich, young, powerful guy, he says this, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It can be a tremendous spiritual disadvantage. Why? Because we have so much. And one of the reasons is because this, we already have all that we need. 
You already have a roof over your head. You've already got food in the pantry. You can buy whatever you really want to buy. You've never probably had to pray, Father, give me today my daily bread. Father, provide today my meal because I don't know where it's coming from. The truth is you probably have a pantry full of food and a refrigerator full of food. You've never really had to rely on God to provide for you for the day. That's not an advantage. Here's another disadvantage, and that's this. We become distracted. The truth is we have rich people options. We have rich people opportunities. We're so rich and blessed with opportunities that we're overwhelmed and exhausted and tired and often missing out on what matters most. You know what it's like. You go on a long trip and you come back and feel like you need a vacation. We have so many opportunities that the opportunities distract us from what matters most. It distracts us from God being first. If you don't believe me, just go to a third world country. The first day you're going to be shocked and your stomach's going to turn and you're going to feel sick by all the poverty that you're exposed to. You're going to feel bad for them, for the poverty that they have to live in. But give it a few days because by day three, four, or five, your perspective begins to change. And you begin to realize that they have something that you don't. They have closer-knit families. They have faith in God that we don't because they don't have rich options. Their only option is God. They don't have the stress, anxiety, and burden of managing their stuff. They don't have to work long hours to continue to maintain all of the stuff that they possess. It is a disadvantage sometimes to have so much. Another reason it's a disadvantage is this. We have a greater responsibility. When you're rich, you have a greater responsibility. Because as the scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. Right in Luke 12, Jesus said, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. In other words, it is great to be blessed. It is great to be rich. It is great to have wealth and to enjoy that because it's a blessing from God. But God expects more from us because we're rich. We truly have a greater responsibility. And the tension continues because as God requires more from us, the wealthier we get, the culture that we live in cries out, you need more stuff. Hold on to your stuff. Accumulate more, just like the rich young ruler. You might say, okay, Dave, I get it. I'm rich. And I am grateful to God that I am rich. And I understand that God has blessed me with many things. But Dave, my financial obligations have me strapped. I can't afford to be rich towards God. Let me give you a couple of points that I think address this issue. Because I think there's a lot of people that say, hey, I'm strapped, Dave, and I really can't afford to be rich towards God. Well, the first one is this. Being rich towards God is not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. We don't necessarily need more money so we can give to God. We need a heart that wants to give to God. If we want to see what's important in our lives, look at how and where we spend our money. We all have money to spend. Jesus said this, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Being rich towards God is a response of gratitude because God has been rich towards us. Paul addresses this in 2 Corinthians. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I just want to encourage you, let your heart have an expression of gratitude to God. Look for an opportunity to express your gratitude to God. Here's another point that's important too. We need to be willing to let something go so we have something to give. 
Remember, our pursuit of money and things tends to be about us. We accumulate all this stuff for us. And our money ends up getting tied up in things that are important to us. Monthly expenses that we can't go without, or at least we don't think we can go without. If we have nothing to give, then we need to give up something so that we're free to put God first in our lives. We're free to bless God as he's blessed us. Remember, God said to the rich farmer, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Understand and hear what he just said. You've taken the wealth and you've used it and you've prepared it for yourself. He goes on to say, This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Matthew 6, Jesus also says this. He says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves don't break in. So because he says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So how can we be rich towards God? Two quick points, and it's this. First one is, I have to make it a priority to give to God. If you want to honor God and be rich towards God, then it has to be a priority in your life. God has to be the priority in your life. Proverbs 3.9 tells us this, Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Giving to God is one of the ways that we show that God is first in our life. The priority in our life. Deuteronomy also says this, that the purpose of tithing, giving a 10% of our income to God, is to teach us to always put God first in your life. If you're going to be rich towards God, then God has to be a priority in your life. If God's not the priority of your life, then you are going to become the priority in your life. Here's another way we can be rich towards God, and that's this. We need to look for ways to bless others. Remember, being rich towards God is a heart issue. And the issue of my heart is this. Is it selfish or selfless? Who do I direct my money towards? It's so easy to be like this farmer and look at all that we have and to use it all for ourselves. But that's not the way God designed it. That's not the way God wants us to live. In fact, if we allow our money and our things to be just about us, we're going to continue to experience the void in life because the money and the stuff will never satisfy our lives. Our heart has to change. Scripture tells us this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. What are you doing with the blessings of God in your life? What are you doing with all that God has given to you? Is it all directed towards you? Is it directed just to your needs? But we want to be rich towards God. I just want to encourage you as you begin taking these steps. If you feel strapped, let go of one of your lattes for the day so that you have $5 to give. Let that be a starting point. But it will never change the pursuits of our lives if Jesus is not the priority in our life. Do me a favor, if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, just close your eyes. I just want you to remove the distractions. Money and things really take up residence in our lives. It's difficult to let that stuff go. Jesus understood that. That's why he talked about this issue of greed so much. 
we have to remove this greed because the littlest amount of greed in our life will take over our life. Remember, being rich towards God is not a financial issue, it's a heart issue. For God to be a priority in our lives, then our heart has to belong to Him. Our lives have to belong to Him. If you've not stepped into that relationship with God, that is the very first step. Ask God to come into your life and to reestablish the priorities of your life. Acknowledge that God has blessed you with so much and ask God to help you be rich towards Him. That's all of our prayers. So let's pray that together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and I thank you for every person listening. Father, I thank you too for your blessings in our lives, the blessings that we so often take for granted. Yeah, we go through seasons of difficulty. We go through seasons where it might be tight. We go through seasons where maybe we're strapped for a bit, but Father, overall, we are blessed. We are some of the most blessed in the world. And Father, that can also hurt us. And I ask that you would protect us that you would help us to understand that there's a distraction that comes with having so much. Father, for those that are asking you to be the center of their lives, to reestablish the priorities of their life, Father, for those that are asking you into their lives, I ask that you would forgive their past, that you would wipe the slate clean. Father, that you would give them a selfless heart, a heart that desires to not only bless you, Father, but a heart that desires to bless others. A heart, Father, give them a vision for you and a vision for others rather than a vision for themselves. Father, I ask that you would help all of us in this because as the world that we live in tells us that we need more things and more stuff, Father, you call us to be rich towards you, to bless you and to bless others. Father, as you've been rich towards us, may we be rich towards you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. I knew this would be a tough one because things and money have a tight grip on us. But I just want to encourage you, as God has blessed you with so much, take your blessing and bless God and bless others as well. It's not wrong to have things. It's wrong for things to have you. Let me encourage you, if you want to take steps today and be enriched towards God, let me encourage you that you would scan the QR code that is right there. And on that QR code, you can actually give to the quest online. Take a step today and give something, but don't do it just once. I want to encourage you to nurture a heart that blesses God and blesses others. I also want to continue to encourage you to get into a connection group so that the relationships of committed people with you that are praying with you and walking with you and encouraging you are also giving you strength that you need to walk with God, to hold on to God, to grow in your relationship with God. Thank you guys so much for all your financial gifts that you give to the quest. Thank you for being rich towards God. Many of you are. And as you are rich towards God, God continues to bless you. I know that. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. And remember, if you have any prayer requests, you want somebody to pray with you, or you need to talk to somebody, feel free to call the church office. Scan the QR code. You can fill out a prayer request that's there. That will allow other people to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to connect with you. We want to help you. Thank you guys again for being with us. Have a great rest of the week. As God has blessed you, take that and bless God and bless somebody else. Bye-bye.